So uh, we, we've, we forecast where we're going here just for the next few uh, weeks, and uh, we're going to talk about family. And I, I really believe that, that one of the, the, the greatest uh, weapons that have been wielded against our nation has been the, the dismantling of the family, um, the removal of the roles of parents from people's lives. And um, this is not condemnation, this is observation. So it's not, how many of us have gone through things? It, we've, we've had relationships that are broken, that things have happened. And we can, we can testify in person that it has been a devastation in, in your life. And uh, the family is something that if you can actually destroy it, you can actually overcome a nation if you can destroy the, the family unit. Because what it does is it, it, it doesn't just attack the family unit in itself. It actually attacks the psyche and the character of people. Um, it allows them to, to make choices. In the prisons, I, I saw an, a, an example of this um, they were saying this person that was working in a prison, uh, it, it was Mother's Day, and they got inundated with requests for uh, Mother's Day cards, and uh, everybody wanted to send their mothers something, you know, and so they got prepared for Father's Day when Father's Day was coming. No request for fathers. It's because fathers are absent. Why? It's you can take a father out of the home, and now the government can come in and take over. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's really a tragedy. And so we want to talk about the family. And again, I don't want anybody to feel condemned. When God pre presents something to us, Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn anybody. I came to save. There is salvation for, and, and I love singing this because Jesus came and he started calling God Father. He's the one that came up with this. <laughs> because our, when we're born into the the family of God. We're not born in to be an individual. We're born into a family in Christ. That's why I like singing that song. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And this is where I want to go today is if we're going to find out what a family is supposed to be, we got to go find out who originated the family and what it looks like. And so I'm, I'm going to get into some stuff here. If you can just hang with me today, it's very necessary for us to understand how we were made, and it goes to the, the DNA that we're made in when we are born. We're each identified by our sex. Now, I say that because you, your, your gender can be something that you can modify, but your DNA you can never modify. God has designed you to be in a certain thing. And this society that we're in wants to modify things. And it becomes the dismantling of the family because the family was designed by God. You can't modify things and have them work. <laughs> now, Michael can modify a vehicle or two and kind of have fun with it. Both are Michaels here. <laughs> they can, but it's not like it's original design when you modify it, is it? It's, you have to make some adjustments, and things aren't quite the way they were originally. 
And so um, let's, let's get into some of this. What I want to look at is I have, I have some questions here. Where did the concept of family originate? I already gave you a clue for that, but we're going to get into it in some detail, okay? And then what difference does it make how a family is defined and how it is made up? We've got all kinds of definitions of families now, don't we? Blended families, blank to blank to blank to blank families. I don't know. You just fill in the blank, I guess, you know. Um, uh, but, but is... Is that how it's gonna? Is is that how it was designed? Um, what is the role of family in the stability and health of a nation? So we're gonna just get into some, get through this as quick as I can. I got a lot of stuff. Can you just get on the edge of your seat and start salivating, ready to receive from the Word of God today? Knowing God is essential. How many would admit this? This is why we are here on a Sunday morning, is to experience God. And then to know him better. That's why we, have, we break open the word of God. We could just leave right now. And I was thinking about that. We've had a good time already, haven't we? But there's something about knowing somebody that you just don't look at them and just observe them and just praise them and stuff. No, you actually get to know about them, right? You get to know their opinion about some things. I'm telling you what, if we, if we have this God that's that the great I am, the wisdom and everything else, it might just behoove us to just listen to what he has to say about something, Right? So, so knowing God is essential if we can just accept that, right? Not just knowing about him, though, but actually knowing him in a relationship. How do you know somebody in a relationship? You actually experience some life together. You do something together. When, when you find out that they have an opinion about something, you modify what you're going to do to accommodate what their opinion might be, right? I mean, we're going to get into this, but this is how it works, right? So if we're going to know God, it's not, it can't just be about him. A lot of people know about God. You can go outside and look at nature and you can see something about God. But we want to know him, all right? So let's look at Matthew Seven twenty-one. Just let's just talk about just knowing God, okay? Not everyone who says to me, "Lord, Lord," will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What difference does that make? What kind of relationship do you have with a child that you tell them what to do and they just completely ignore you and ignore you? What does that do to your relationship? We're not having one. Until we fix things, right? Until we, until we say, this is not going to happen. If I tell you to do something, you better do it. Because why? I'm in a position where my opinion should matter to you. And if it doesn't, we're not having a relationship. Does that help at all? Sometimes when I've seen this before, it's like, well, that's just kind of rude. I have to do everything you tell me to do? Yes. He's the holy God. If you want to have a relationship with him, he tells you to do something. You better do it. It doesn't seem like that far-fetched, does it? But it's, it's kind of a duh, right? <laughs> Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. You are doing all that stuff. You're saying it's in my name, but I didn't even tell you to do it. Right? Is that what he's saying? 
Okay. Away from me, you evildoers. He actually says you're going to go into a place where you're going to wish you'd never done that. There's consequence for not knowing God. It's essential to know God. Titus 1.16. They claim to know God, but their actions deny him. And in our nation today, we have a lot of people wanting to claim what a Christian should do, what God would do, what God's opinion is about this or that, and they're not even living in accordance to what he says for their own life, right? They deny him. Their actions deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good, okay? What is... Doing anything good connected to knowing God. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have a good thing in your life, it will it will be preceded by knowing God. Is it important to know God? All right. Here's the problem, and we could get some other verses that would support that. But I just want to say, knowing God is is very very essential for having good things happen in your life. But here's the problem. How many have seen God? God, God is in, invisible. You don't see God, right? All right, let's, let's just let's, let's prove that a little bit. Can we prove that a little bit? 1 Timothy 1.17, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible. Our God is invisible, isn't he? This is weird. Talking about this being that we don't actually see with our eyes, right? We don't see him. See a lot of evidence, but we don't see him, do we? The only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay. All right. All right. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith, he left Egypt. Who are we talking about? Moses, right? Because he saw him who is invisible. Where did, where did Moses see God? He saw some evidence of him, didn't he? He's wandering around the wilderness. All of a sudden, a bush starts burning, and it doesn't burn up. Bushes in the, in the, in the wilderness burn up real fast. Have you ever seen a, a tumbleweed burn? It's over with. It's, it's, this bush is burning, and it's not burning up, and then it starts talking to him. He's like, whoa. He saw him who is invisible. Now, you can go outside right now and you can see God in what he represents. But do you see him? The reason why Moses was actually able to see the invisible God is because he responded to the invisible God. He was a reality to him. Things in this world can become more than a reality of God. And we see them and we don't even see God. Okay, I don't want to go leave the that's not my main point. All right. Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. I just referred to this. There's a lot of evidence of God that people disregard 
but they are not without excuse. Now, we're going to come back to Romans 1 here pretty soon, and he gets into it pretty heavy. But I want to look at the reason why, and you're saying, I thought we were talking about family. Well, we are, all right? Because this is part of the reason why God came up with the family idea. It's part of creation. It's part of why we're here. Because God's invisible. God's purpose in creating mankind was for there to be a visible representation of him. Okay? It's, he's invisible. How is he going to be known? How is he going to be seen? Through his creation. And we just saw that in the other verse, but... But how is it going to be actually mirrored, not just evidence of, but actually mirrored through us? Okay? Can you follow, are you following me? Are you tracking me this morning? We're going to get into some stuff beyond this, but I, I, we have to lay down the origins of the family, okay? For us to be able to accept Maybe some adjustments. How many like to make adjustments in your perspectives of things? You know what? It's not real easy a lot of times, especially if we're real proud of our perspective. But when you come up into the perspective of God, it's, it's really good to have an attitude as, I'm ready to change it, right? All right. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make mankind in whose image? A monkey's image? Now, real quick, too, what does he say? Let who? Not me, us. What is it about God? There's more than one part to him, isn't there? And this is going to be a model for us to look at in the family. The three parts to God, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Um, so, God says, let us make mankind. He didn't just say male. He said mankind, humankind, all of us, okay, in our image. But I thought you couldn't see God. In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. So there's a purpose for this representation of God, for God's will to be accomplished on the earth through the image that he creates in us. Now, I was trying to, I was trying to figure this, because when I've seen that before, I said, man, God looks like you, and he looks like you. He's really mixed up. <laughs> But then I got to thinking about, what do we have big time in the, in, the, in the nation today? We have this cancel culture, right? If you, if you tweet this, if you post this, and it's in opposition to the image of our company, you are fired, right? Or if it's in, in violation of the image that we're wanting to portray, you get, uh, what do you call it, shut down or whatever. Your, 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 your account gets canceled. What are we talking, are we talking about a, an actual visual image? No, we're talking about a representation of the way people want your company to be seen. Do you see that? It's a little bit different way of thinking about image. God doesn't just, 
it's, it's, not, it's not the physical uh, construct of, of the human body that, that we're created in. It's the image. It's, it's what he wants to portray as his nature. Does this make sense? Can you understand how he's, he's a holy God? He's a righteous God? Talk about cancel culture. You can't just say whatever you want and still represent the image of God. Does that make sense? So we're still human beings, but are we really created in his image? Uh, not in the representation of his nature, are we? We have that capacity. We're designed that way, but something happened, right? Okay, we'll, we'll get into it. Are you still with me? All right, I'll go as fast as I can. <laughs> so God created mankind in his own image. This is not a single, this is us. Mankind is created in the us image of God, okay? In the image of God, he created them. And what did he create them? Male and female. He, he didn't get mixed up with this. He created them, okay? Now, there's, it's, it's, really it's really essential. I'm not coming against anybody that's going through anything else. I'm just saying, what did God design? And if there's hope for us to not be oppressed in something, to find out what God says, right? God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number. What does that mean? You're going to have kids, right? There's going to be a legacy. The, the, the image that you take on is going to be emulated through your kids. It's going to be an extension of you. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That means together you are going to have a dominance that represents God. That's the design. So I encourage you to check out a, a book on Kindle, okay? It's called Engendered. Or you can get it anywhere. You can, you can just get it on Amazon hard copy too. Um, my sister wrote this book. And it has to do, uh, has to do with uh, some dysphoria that's an issue. Uh, 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 and an inability to identify with our, the way we've been created. And, it, and, I'm, and, and again, it's not, um, it, it has some very good information in there. And partly what she, she discovered is some words in this passage um, that I, I want to just read part of her book here. And we can just go through this, uh, this, this second chapter of, uh, of Genesis and, and look at this. There are two Hebrew words translated man in the second chapter of Genesis. The first one, ha-adam, means the human or humanity. Humanity, as we know, includes both sexes. The other word, ish, is translated man and means a male. Another word that is marked in the scripture below is the Hebrew word isha or isha, which is translated woman, Okay? So let's look at this passage here. Genesis 1, 1 through 23. Actually, I, I, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but if you go through there and read all of it, every time it's referring to man, it's refer referring to mankind. 
Adam before Eve came along. He was mankind, okay? So, it, and I'm going to skip on down to, to verse 20 here, um, and, and, and the part that, that we can draw some stuff out. So Adam, the human, gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. So he's out there naming all the animals, right? But for Adam, the human, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, the human, and he slept. And he took, and God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, the human, he made into a woman-ish. And he brought her to the man, the human, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And that is male. That's when male and female occurred, was when Eve was created. Now you can say this is old hat to me. I already know all this. But if we can see this is God's design was for, for there to be represented in his creation a representation of him that requires male and female. Okay? So I want to go just to the very next verse here. Let's look at this. This is the one that we always quote at marriages. Marriage is not something, and this is the, this is the challenge that we have to have. Is if we're going to exalt God as the one that, 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 that we defer to, his wisdom trumps everything else in our life. We can't just call everything marriage. You can't marry your cat and call it marriage. How did he design it? He designed male and female representing the image of God that if you don't have those two parts to it, you're not going to have the image. It requires both. There's a complementary there. And we'll, we'll get into some of this. I just want to lay the foundation. Are we good? At, are we laying a foundation here today? Okay. Is this all right? That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. Why? Because there's a part of him that's never complete. Now, there's a physical, the natural physical body that, that when you come together, there's a flesh connection there that's taken place. It's not just flesh connection. And that's why the, the enemy, especially in our, in our nation today, has made it to where people just have this flesh connection all the time. You know what I'm talking about. And it's, and it's just in defiance of the real purpose for that. The real purpose is for there to coming to be a coming together in marriage where now together there's going to be a representation of the image of God. Can you see that? Is that what we're seeing from this? Are we together? All right. And what do they do? They become one flesh. There's this requirement of coming together. What is this? This is the beginning of a family, isn't it? What did he say? What did the previous, in, in the first chapter said, and, and he created man and he said, go and, and, and uh, occupy the earth. It requires male. It requires female for God's design to take place, doesn't it? And what was his design? For it to represent God, his character, his holiness, right? 
Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Everything changed. Here, just in a minute. When it was assumed that their opinion could be just as good as God's, and this is where we are in our nation with marriage, with gender, with, with sexes, with our opinion of sex, the act. It's what you're doing is you're saying, my opinion is just as good as God's. And you're going right back to the garden, and you might as well be Adam and Eve in the garden. That's what they did, right? They said, I think I, think, I, think I can come up with a pretty good plan, too. God, he's pretty cool. I mean, he created all this stuff, and I'm just living in the garden. But, hey, I might as well just give it a go, too. And that's about as dumb as a lot of this stuff that's going on today. Are you, am I, are you okay with me? All right. They could no longer represent the image of God. Okay, let's look at what happened here. You're still with me, right? Okay, Genesis 3, 4. So what, what happened? The snake. Now, who listens to a snake anyway? I don't know. It's really going to be good to go back and see exactly how this happened. But, but anyway, the, this, the serpent comes along and, and says to Eve, so what, what really happened? What did God say about this? She said, well, she said, we could eat everything in the garden except for this one thing. What is it about the stuff that you're not supposed to do that looks so much better than all that stuff you're already having? Isn't it amazing? Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And we say, oh, but it seems like I'm going to miss out on so much if I have that abundant life that you come to give. Because I'll have to give that, I'll have to miss out on something else. We've, we've been provided with this opportunity to have a healthy family that's functioning right. And we say, but I want to try something else. Am I getting too snide here? I don't know. And what does the serpent do? First of all, he challenges what God said. He says, you will not, sir, what did God say? He said, as soon as you eat of that, you're going to die. Now, the dying that he talked about, he said, you will surely die. You will die in your heart right now, and there is going to be an ultimate death that you're not going to see right away, but it's coming. Because you've separated yourself from the life of God. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. I'm sorry, but uh, I'll just hit this right away too. I believe our constitution was designed by God. I believe people listen to God with our constitution. And people come along that did nothing to acquire this or, or to fight for it or to defend it. And now they want to displace it with nothing, with nothing. God gives a way in the garden here and, and they say, well, I think there might just be another way that I can come up with that might be just as good. I know that other things worked for hundreds of years, thousands of years, but I think I have something even better. It's Eve in the garden. This is not progressive. This is Eve in the garden. Go all the way back. All right? Now, here's the problem. Is our eyes are always wandering around. What do I like? What do I want? What do I think I need? All right, I'm being too snide. I'm sorry. It's just coming out. 
When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for, to get, for gaining wisdom, that might even put us in charge of everything. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And what did he do? And we're going to look at this. There's a gift that a woman has. She can manipulate a man. It's not a bad thing, but it can be. <laughs> right? So what happened when that took place? As soon as they took that, what happened? They were meant to represent the image of God. As soon as they assumed the position of God, they could no longer represent it. You see that? As soon as you assume that you can displace God, you can no longer represent him. Adam fell, the image of God was skewed and distorted, and so was his design for the family. Why are there issues with family all through the ages? The very first family, talking about a first family, bro kills bro. How messed up is that? Why? Because Adam immediately lost his ability to represent God, and his family right away was messed up. You see that? And marriage was messed up. You know, sometimes we look in the Old Testament and we say, why did all those guys marry all those women? It's because marriage was messed up. Was it God's design? No, God didn't approve of it. They just didn't have any, they didn't have any boundaries that they knew of. They were like Eve in the garden. Hey, it looks good. Let's go for it. You know? Right? Looks good and go for it. This does not work in the representation of the image of God. It does not work in the representation of marriage and a family either. You will never have. Man, some of these, some of these uh, gods that we have in, in, the, in the film industry want to just be above everybody. Our kids just get to choose whatever they want. Have you, I don't know if you've seen any of that, but that's just, it's so ungodly. Romans 1, 21 through 23. So this is what happened when the, when the image got skewed, then this is what happened. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Now, when it says knew God, they didn't really know him. They knew who he was, right? They didn't give thanks to him, but their thinking became futile. <laughs> that means they're thinking, but it's not right. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Hey, I, we, we can just worship whatever we want to worship. We can idolize whatever we want to idolize. Let's go down a little bit further. If you read through that, it starts giving a, a, a very clear declaration. Right now, if you were to think of, of God as being holy, we, we, we want to we see God as holy, perfect, righteous in every way. Okay, now take the inverse of that. Lying, scheming, the way he designed us to be sexually, completely inverted. Just be whatever you want to be. Not the army, be all you can be. Just be whatever you want to be. I don't know what you'd call that. You know? 
right? <laughs> if you read down between those verses I just saw and, and the end of this, I don't want to go through that whole thing, but it talks about, it talks about a mess. Why? It's because there's been this inability to represent the image of God that has taken place in the dismantling of the family from Adam all the way down. And it will not happen apart from God. Until you're in line with God, you cannot represent his design for the family. You might be a wonderful person. You might have, you might, you know, you might have some success here on this earth, but it's not his design until he's in charge. Romans 1.32, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. I think we need to be careful what kind of movies we watch, what kind of, what kind of things we're idolizing and being entertained by. Why? Because we're approving of something that is not the image of God. All right. Still love me? Please. Yeah. All right. In Christ, there is hope for an accurate projection of the image of God and a way to clearly show him to the world through the family unit. So there's a, in Christ, what are we, we're born into his family, which is wonderful. But then he can begin to, he can begin to touch our family wherever we are. This, this is what I want to encourage us in. No matter what's happened in your past, God has family before you. That he, want to take, he wants to take you to. But to get there at all, you have to completely divert, allow him to be God, and say, if, if this is how you're going to do it, I have to do it your way. I don't have a better way that's going to work. In Christ, there's only hope for an accurate projection of the image of God and a way to clearly show him to the world through the family unit. Okay, are you with me? All right, jump up and do some jumping jacks real quick. Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. So what did we have in Adam? We had in him humankind, didn't we? We had in him humankind that everybody, because of his fall, was affected by his choice. In Christ, it's not just humankind, it's, it's everybody. Amen? And in him, no other man has been like this except for the first Adam and Jesus, the second Adam. He changed everything. He made it possible now for us to represent the image of God. This is, it's not about just us. It's about God being represented to the world. Why, why are all the things about love demonstrated? You know where love is, is, is exercised? practiced, demonstrated the most in the family unit in the home and in the family unit in the church. That's where God, his image, his character, his likeness, his love is meant by, his, by the design of Jesus coming for him to be seen. Okay? Man, this is kind of good, isn't it? All right. Colossians 1.15, the son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. What does it mean when you say firstborn? Implication that there's some others coming down. Okay, all right. 
John 14, 9. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Oh. So this invisible God is made to be seen in Christ. This need for God to be known. We started off with this, didn't we? Very important to know God. You don't go to heaven. You don't, you don't get to experience anything that's good without knowing God, right? Problem is he's invisible. Adam comes along to make him visible. He messes it up. We have messed up families. Jesus comes along and now he says, now you can see God again. Now you can know God again. I represent him. What did he come to do? He came to live, move, have his being inside of us. For what purpose? So we could walk around really feeling good about it? Doesn't good do any good to have an image if it's not displayed? It will be displayed in our family. You will not display the image of God until you display it in your family. Amen? Otherwise, you're just Eve, thinking you can come up with another way. All right, John 1.18. No one has ever seen God. That's why I asked you all that, this earlier. Has anybody seen God? I was going to say, you're a liar, because John 1.18 says you haven't. So, all right. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Remember when we were talking about creation, he said, let us, Jesus was part of the us. So in his coming, we get to, in Christ, fulfill God's purpose for creation, which is not just creation, it's family. It's family. Amen? God has a way for this to be a very good thing. How many have had a bad family experience? It wasn't God's design. Can't blame God for that. Amen? What you can do is completely consecrate yourself unto God right now and say, God, I'm giving up on every, everything. That's, I'm not letting the pain of my past be a pain in my future by holding on to it. I'm going to let you wash over me with forgiveness for me and through me so I can forgive things that have come against me and hurt me. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to follow in the way of Eve and let the image of God become skewed because of my past, what I've been through. I'm going to let it become defined by Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen? Ah, praise God. God is so good. All right, I want to just end with this because I, I love this. First John, John, first, he, he, he's just the, the love guy, isn't he? So, talk about a teddy bear. I mean, this guy is, is the love dude. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is what it's all about. This is the love of God. Amen? This is what he wants to accomplish. If you see God, you're going to see love. What is that? That's the image of God. What is the blood of Jesus? That's the image of God's love displayed. Amen? What does he want for us? He wants relationships for us. Why? Why? Because that's how he's made us. 
He's made us in the, in the, the sex that, that we uh, were conceived in to be joined with somebody else. To, no laughing at this point. To join with somebody else. And that's why you have to trust him for that also. Amen? To be a representation and in, of the image of God to the world. And you know what? It's a blessing. It's a blessing for your life also. How many want that for your own life? Amen? How many have had challenges to that already? <laughs> I think if you live at all, there's going to be a challenge to it. And you cannot let the image of family represented by the past it disable you from seeing the image of God, of the Father God. Amen? Our hope is in that, though. Not with coming up with another way or, or, or allowing there to be barriers that we just put up. But we have to say, God, if this is your design for my life, I want to be open to it. I'm not going to make it happen. I'm not going to get Abraham to make it happen through somebody else, you know. I'm going to let you do it for my life. But I am totally open to, to your plan for my life. For there to be an image of you represented through me. Amen?